on this thing. You've only just um, watched this film for the first time, but but were you aware of this film called The Damned that Hammer made? I wasn't. I wasn't aware at all. Um, You'd never heard of it? No, I know they did some... They did a few films before the horror and the sci-fi really took off. Um, so I know there's quite a few Hammer films I'm I'm either sort of marginally aware of, some of the adventure stuff, or sometimes totally unaware of, like this, and uh, some of the other genres of films they did. They, they you know, did, I think they did some detective ones as well, didn't they? Trying mm-hmm. their hand at everything. So yeah, I was totally, totally uh, oblivious to this film and then you kindly sent me your dvd copy because you didn't need it anymore and then suggested it and i sat and watched it and um i i had no idea what the plot was and it's one of those films that every 10 minutes just throws you a curveball good good i I, I was hoping that would happen and 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 we'll 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 talk about each of those curveballs as we get to it oh i'm so glad that you um yeah, and it's it's You've a weird reaction. Yeah. It's it's a strange little film in that my emotions watching it were all over the place, and I've been thinking about it ever since. So it's so it's it's, it's affected me somehow. But yeah, I went from like early on. It's ah, oh, this is shit. This is rubbish. Uh, okay, hang on, that was interesting. What? What? what uh, 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 and yeah, you've just no idea, no idea with this one. And um, what a groovy song it's got. <laughs> black Bloody leather, old. black leather, rock, rock, rock. rock, rock. Right, so... The music I... sends me, Eric, it sends me. Oh, man, it's an earworm, isn't it? Oh, God. If, if nothing else. Uh, it, and this is what this is what I was so confused about, because I thought, what has Eric got me watching now? Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll do something a bit different, because normally on this show, we, we talk about behind the scenes yeah. uh, before we talk about the film. But I think... Maybe we should talk about the film and do that first. Yes, because whatever we say behind the scenes may well spoil it, mightn't it? All right, so we'll we'll crack on and we'll get into it, all right? Yes. Black leather, black leather, smash, smash, smash. Black leather, black leather, crash, crash, crash. Black leather, black leather, kill, kill, kill. I got that feeling. Black leather rock. Animals, dressed as human beings. Smash, smash, smash. A game for the wild ones, played with the passion of the damned. Jump! Don't ever do that again, Johnny. I'll do what I like, King. Do you think I'll let a man put his dirty hands on you? fleeing for their lives, leaving one hell for another. Escaping from what? From whom? What goes on behind these barbed wires? Who and what do these ferocious dogs guard? And who are these children? Where do they come from? To whom do they belong? Before you get yourself excited, King, touch the little boy's face. Fear so real that you can touch it. Terror so sinister that it makes the flesh creep. These are the people who become one with the damned. 
the rich American on an English vacation, the beautiful girl, decoy for a gang of thugs, more sinned against than sinning, the Swedish artist who chiseled strange shapes out of stone, and the scientist with a secret who fought the shape of things to come. I hate your secrets, Bernard. If I were to tell you even a little bit about what you call my secrets, I might be condemning you to death. Why are you doing this? What's it all for? What are you trying to make out of these children? Answer me. Will you answer me? You've got uh, my old uh, Region 1 DVD. I've got yes. the, the, the UK Blu-ray. And in behind the scenes, you know, we'll be talking about how the running time was cut. You know, right. okay. both in, know in America and over here. But 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 my Blu-ray, you can play it as either the Damned, yeah, the UK title, or these are the Damned, which is the US title. Oh, but right. they're okay. both ninety-six minutes long now because right. they've uh, they've uh, they've restored it all. So uh, okay. ninety-six weird, minutes we've got. Weird. I, I'm presuming there probably was another film called The Damned rather than any artistic reason for changing it to we are the damned or these are the damned because that, that doesn't really do anything does it i know no. hammer hammer sometimes would completely change the titles wouldn't they like in the quatermass films but that's a, to me suggests there was probably something called the damned i'm thinking it was yeah. a western wasn't it one of the rock Hudson western or something my, my i yeah. know that uh that, that the two mooted titles for it while it was in production was the the brink or the abyss the Abyss. Um, well, James Cameron couldn't have used it then, could he? Can you imagine The Abyss being filmed off the coast of Weymouth? Yeah, that wouldn't be the same, would it? No. It wouldn't be no. the same. The budget wouldn't be able to do it. Because um, obviously in America, right up to very recent times, um, of course, damn and damned meant a lot more than it ever did here. Mm. For, for for the UK, damned is like, it's not even a swear word, is it? It's no. nothing. Um and I always remember the Doctor Who backup comic strip, City of the Damned. And when they republished it in America, they had to change it to City of the Cursed. Because da- you couldn't say damn. You couldn't say damn. Well, we could say God over words. here, could we? I mean, that's why, why when yeah. we say blimey, that's short for gore blimey, which yeah. is short for God blind me. But you can't say God blind me. So that's why it was changed to gore blimey, which is now just yeah. blimey. Yeah, I mean it's a lot, lot laxer now, but yeah, it is weird what was deemed uh, okay and what was deemed unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised they went with the damned um, because yeah, they're they're quite sweet, squeamish about that word over there. Yeah, uh, or at least used used to be up to I say very recently. Um, what was nice about this as soon as it started up is um, black and white. I like me a black and white film and mm-hmm. scope again. Yeah, in yeah. Te- in technoscope and Weymouth, Weymouth. Yeah, I I love these. I love watching old films like this that are set in contemporary times and they haven't really changed much, because of you get a glimpse of of what Britain used to be, 
And I love this as yeah, the, the amount of crowds stood watching them film in yeah. this is just amazing. Yeah, but what I like about it as well is, I mean, this is a made a good ten years or more before we can remember our, our, our day trips to the seaside. Yep. But all that English, changed, no, no, ten years before yep. that, they, they were all quite shabby, run down. Yep you know places and it is quite evocative the black and white helps it as well but but yeah really i look does. at weymouth of 1960 and that's my margate yep. of 1970 you know yeah this is this is very much reminded me of of holidays in devon and south wales um you know it it was exactly the same and it's like that's 20 years difference um yeah, I think it, it, and the word that sums it up best for me is tawdry. Yeah. It's all a I bit think the, shabby, the, the, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the British seaside was very shabby, very tawdry, and um, very, yeah, very sort of. And I like on this, they try and they do some shots where they're sort of trying, obviously trying to make it look a bit like the Riviera and that it's sunny, <laughs> and it just it's like like I say, as soon as they pan upwards and you see the crowd, and they're all in their big overcoats yeah with their hats know, yeah all horn glasses hats pipes and they're all just watching the filming so, yeah all right they're filming a they're filming a film over there doris yeah. um it's amazing uh and i i because again i knew nothing about this other than the cover has got ollie reed and his <laughs> air quotes motorcycle gang um and i thought oh it's going to be one of these teenage terror one yeah teenage delinquents like kitten with whip and stuff like that there was a whole genre of it and um it starts off and i thought oh uh, yep this is what it's going to be and this is very i mean this predates uh the mods and rockers but this is very uh very much that sort of ethic and you've got this again huge huge air quotes of these teenage gang um sat there bored but they all look so wholesome in well, their brand new leather motorcycle. You know, coats. each yeah. one of them goes home to mummy each yeah. night. You know, well, each one of them is at least thirty-five. Yeah, but they're still going to let loose with mum. You know, yeah. I mean, they're not menacing in the way the toe cutters gang is no, menacing. I, the... I don't think the British really does menacing like that, do they? It's I, it, it's always weird, and it this isn't what isn't just this film. I think British gangs, like you look, you what you watch. We watched American stuff from like New York in the seventies and eighties, and the Bloods and the Crips and the and it was like all oh, scary stuff. And you watch this, and like you say, you just think when he, leave, he when he leaves school, he's going to get a job in a bank. <laughs> They're not menacing at all. No, um, and when they harass the policeman. By by running across the road, it's like oh no, this is so low key. But then, shock number one for me was so we see this um, we see this elderly gentleman, and he he's obviously a bit of a Sid James sort of dirty old man type because there's this, this young teenage girl and she's she's egging him on and he follows her and it turns out that she leads them to where the gang are and they beat the shit out of him. Like, they most certainly do. But Not, just before yeah, and it's that, shocking. Yeah. But just before that, I, I can remember when I first watched this, I, I didn't have much of an inkling. Um, and really, I only watched it because Shirley Ann Field was in it. Um, yeah. 
Um, but that song at the beginning, yeah. black with leather, black, black leather, leather rock, 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 rock. that, you know, yeah. and it's like, oh my God, this is like yeah. a Cliff Richard film. I was expecting yes, yeah. Melvin Hayes to pop up. Yeah, I kept expecting, I kept expecting like, um, yeah, a song like, let's put on the show, guys. Yay. Yeah. yeah Una really Stubbs like could that. be yeah. just around the corner, couldn't she? Yeah. Ready because this isn't, this isn't just the song that is on the soundtrack. This is them listening to the song and later on they're whistling it and that. Yeah. So this is the music they listen to. And it's like, I can't really be frightened of a gang that listens to like this music. This, but this, course, yeah. Yeah. But of course this is 1960 and, yeah. and 1960, yeah. uh, in America and the UK, we're in that weird time where we were coming out of the rock and roll era of the 50s. Pop music doesn't really start until the Beatles. So we're in this yeah. like grey area where well, this, the Teddy this is Boy a... thing and everything's yeah. old hat, but there was nothing yep. new to focus well, on. This is the era when people like Tommy Steele were seen as rebellious. Yeah. Skiffle people. music yeah. was yeah, dangerous. What yeah. the hell? Um, and this song, it reminds me so much. There's an episode of uh, The Good Is, and I can't remember which one it is, but it's it's where they they go back to the night. They decide that the the, the economy in the seventies in Britain is so crap. They're going to go back to the fifties, and they like uh, Graham joins a, a, a leather clad biker gang. And every time he hears this bit of music, and it sounds very much like this, he starts to slash furniture. And he's like, this this music sends me, man. I gotta do violence. And it was like that. I was expecting some jokes, like almost carry on style. You can imagine Charles Hawtrey running out in his little crash helmet, going, "Sorry, I'm late, guys. What are we gonna do today?" Yeah. And then the to even more reinforce that, Kenneth bloody copes in the gang. Well, Sid, he's Sydney. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I. 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 I, I was. I, I. I wish I could have seen your face when Kenneth Pope. And I think uh, that is his real hair. At this yes, point. I think that's the last time we probably see his real hair. It's very thin. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's he's really good in it. To be fair, he's 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 acting his little heart out. Um, but at, at this point in it, because I I still didn't know what this. It's like what is going on? And I my in my notes I've put this has not aged well. This has not aged well at all. But like I say, then we get the uh, the honey trap beat in, and I I thought, oh, they're she's gonna they're gonna rob him. They're gonna do the usual flick knife in the waved in the face, take his wallet, <laughs> run off. Nope, they just kick the shit out of him and stomp on his face. Yeah. Um, and so it's like that was shock number one. Uh, and it was like, oh, good god! And then we find out that uh, that the girl is uh, Ollie's sister. Um, his name, I think, is King. Something like that. Yes. Kings. Um, I there's quite, all sorts yeah. of staring between them two. Oh, and yeah, much the, has been made of this relationship. Yeah. This is a very, this is a very um, strange relationship, um, and it, I mean, it delves into some quite deep areas um, later on. But yeah, there's something odd. They're not the normal siblings here. No, something weird going on. Um, but she's she sort of looks down at the the guy they've just beaten up, and she's she's having doubts, and she's she's like, I, I'm not sure, not sure about this, not sure if this is the life I want to lead. Um, to which uh, King Ollie, King Ollie, we'll call him King Ollie. Uh, he's he's like having none of it. It's like, where, where else are you going to go? What are you going to do? What are you going to do, man? Yeah. Could have been a contender. Um, I love as well that um, 
they they there's a little scene of them playing on the beach ah, in their leathers. I which, love that. That reminded me of Toe Cutter and yeah. his gang. Yeah. But but at at this moment, after they've you know uh, beaten Simon up and the way they cockily walk away, yeah. Did they remind you of the Droogs from Clockwork Oh, I Orange? had all through my notes. I keep saying, "This is this Stanley Kubrick must have seen this. This He's is got very, have. yeah, this is very much um, a Clockwork Orange." I think Clockwork Orange did it differently, and in places, I think much better. But yeah, it, this is this is the Droogs, isn't it? This is Alex and the Droogs. And that swagger that King's yeah. got is very Alex. Yeah, they know nothing can touch them. Um, you know, in their world, adults are ineffective. Uh, and it's interesting that all the adults we see are 50 plus. You know? Including it, Simon, which is yeah. which raises big well, questions. Well, I've got big questions about Simon, simple Simon. And it's interesting because this, of course, is sort of there's a whole generation missing isn't there between the the older people that were slightly too old to fight in the war or who were old enough that were in positions of command and that whole generation that were killed in the war that's missing um and you sort of see it in other films of the period but this really hits at home that it's like these two extremes you've got the again air quotes teenagers and then you've got an older generation but yes yeah, simon simon is the guy that was was beaten up and he's our i mean i i'm not going to say hero he he's the, he's one of the leads of the film and yeah he's he's retired to weymouth uh to be on his boat so he's got to be i mean he's pushing 60 i would say gotta be at least 55 um and we find out that she's like what nineteen? I think they 20. say she's she twenty. Yeah, she's, she's just 20. turned twenty. She doesn't uh, look twenty. No, and she certainly doesn't act twenty. She acts borderline, like she's got a mental age much much younger. At mm. times, they never really they never really go into. I was expecting. My thoughts on this were 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 totally different to what it was. I later on, I was expecting her. To, I was expecting this gang to be part of the experiment and that's why they're violent because she she'll sort of he'll say to her how come sometimes you're 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 like talk like this and other times you talk like you're you know uh, one of these kids and, and she goes oh i'm complicated uh, and it's like well there must be more to this because yeah sometimes she acts like she knows what she's doing and other times she doesn't she seems mentally incompetent especially to be chasing a 55 year old i mean the fact that he's He's talking of marriage after meeting her once and getting beaten up by her brother. A day later, and he proposes yeah. to her. Good grief! This is very, very again. Wouldn't, wouldn't you? Wouldn't get away with this now. Oh, if, if this was dodgy remade, tally yeah. on this show, oh. like we've got on uh, other shows. Oh, blimey! Definitely, um, definitely. I mean, you know, the 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 remit of this show is, you know, we at the end we uh, we, we vote on the horror, the bad guy. Yeah. Of the film now, I think we've got two today. We've got King himself, Ollie, yep. but then we've got Bernard, right? Because next we find Bernard, he's in this terrace of a hotel on the seafront, talking to Freya the sculptor. Yeah, and and really, he is the bastard. He is the the bad yes. guy in all this. Well, he's well, insane. I don't know if he's the bad yeah. guy, but you know, it, his his mission is just 
But I don't, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not entirely sure even he is insane. I mean, from a certain point of view, he's doing what's right. But well, we'll get to that. Though, yeah, we'll get, when when Fryer questions I, what he's doing. Yeah, I couldn't work out because we, you're right. We meet, we meet him, and we meet Freya, and Freya is very much acts like. I mean, at, at first, I was getting her confused with uh, Ollie's sister. Oh right, because That's interesting. Yeah, and it was like, is this the same? No, this is a different woman because she's acting the same way. She's acting very much like a teenager, and it's like, no, she's much older. This is a, yeah, it's got to be a different character. Um, and uh, yeah, she's acting like this weird teenager with him, and there's they're very. Um, very much a sexual element to their relationship. Oh, yeah. She's all over him, and she's a sculptress. And I was thinking, well, who's this guy? Who is this guy? Um, but we don't, we don't really get a lot. It's almost like I was. This went off on this because they go to her cabin, and she's got a little cabin, and she does sculpting. And he wanted her to stay away, but she's come well, back. And there, there is one line later about that. That. That birdhouse place belongs yeah. to him, and it's where he puts up his latest woman, and that's yeah. how it's seen. But but yeah, I mean, she he he wants her to go back to London, and um, you know, and that, at that point, that's when Simon is brought in by Major Holland and Captain yeah. Gregory, um, who belong to Bernard's uh, military project, and he. He basically predicts the end of the film. He says, you know, I'll be condemning you to death if I told you even a little bit of yeah, the secrets of the things true, that yeah, I'm doing. Yeah. You know? Foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they bring Simon in, who doesn't, he's got one of those usual Hollywood slight trickles of blood on his forehead for his stomping in the face by Ollie Reed. Um, but no one, another thing that threw me with this is no one really acts realistically because he's like oh don't worry telling the police oh, yeah they got my money and that but ah, oh, don't worry about it it's you expect it and it's like this is so weird why no one seems to want to go to the police about any of this well we don't really see the police apart from that no uh, that pop, in the road body, trying yeah. to stop them yeah yeah because this gang they seem to have free run of weymouth yeah. i mean that you see them in the amusement arcade and that's when we learn a bit more about you know the relationship between joan and yeah and, and her brother um and joan, uh, that's it yeah joan. yeah joan Johnny. or Joni. yeah and then they're down on the beach just yeah, like the toe cutters gang having a little play on the beach um which well the toe cutter gang was when they were doing it it was unnerving this was like i was going oh i'm having fun they're building sandcastles um but then Joni. uh Get, it goes off on the map, and I love it. She goes, um, "Last one to the unicorn is a cube." Yes, and it's like a cube. Is that worse than a square? No, that's that's what she's saying. It's an, it's yeah. same as L seven. If you're an L seven, you're yeah. a square, aren't you? You know. Um, I love. I, I've got a book called Hammer Films: A Life in Pictures. I've got some quotes yep. from it today, um, and there's a really good photo that I put on Facebook of uh, old Shirley Ann on her motorbike, yep. and uh, you. You know, it's taken from the side, and she's on a flatbed truck. Basically, she's not yeah. riding oh, that motorbike at yeah, all. Yeah, there's there's a classic on a trailer shot where the camera angle tries to make it look like she's on the road, but she's a good six feet above the yeah. uh, the other bikes behind her. I mean, it's quite a nice little sort of chase sequence. You get to see a lot of the shops and that, which I like in these sort of scenes. I love looking at the the, the high street because the high street was so different. Yeah, back then, and goes past some tawdry hotels that, you know, were past their prime even back then. Um, 
and it, yeah, it's 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 quite. I mean, it reminded me of any Sunday in Wrexham where you got a, ga- a gang of middle-aged men pretending to be teenagers rearing around on old bikes. So it, it reminds felt, me of going yeah. to Western Supermare. We went to Western Supermare once, right? Um, Western Super Nightmare, I call it. Now, I know John Cleese was born there, but we had to go there one day back in the 90s. We, uh, uh, we were at Glastonbury, and uh, my wife's car... The rear window was smashed because stupidly I'd left my binoculars on the rear shelf and yeah. someone had them. So we had to go to Western Supermare, right? And we had to spend the day while they changed her rear uh, uh, rear window. What? Uh, sorry if you come from Western Supermare, listener, but what a horrible place! It was <laughs> terrible. That it was just like you see here, right? The place stank of vinegar because like every other shop was uh, a fish and chip shop. And there were men openly and proudly wearing and sporting Rod Stewart T-shirts. What a shameful place what, that is. Yeah, what a terrible place. The only thing I know about Western Supermare is we went there once on a week's holiday. I don't remember much, but I got a, uh, a Timpo stagecoach set. <laughs> That's all I remember from Western That's Supermare. all you brought away from Western yeah. Supermare. Oh, I didn't um, care about men wearing... Uh, <laughs> I mean, dodgy t-shirts. t-shirts. I had a Timpo set. So, hey, yeah, I'm yeah. in there. Um, yeah, it, it it it's a nice it's a nice view of again of a a time that's not has really oh, gone by it's now. It's gone now. I mean, our yeah. our our nearest places, you know, Folkestone and Margate and Hastings. You know, when you know cheap flights came about in the seventies and everyone was off to Benidorm. I, I mean, that was the death knell of them. Yeah, I mean, um, mo- most seafronts now are all bloody coffee shops and bistro ones and things like that and it? it's there's none of the i mean i love it he's going down high street and there's still butchers butchers yeah. on a high street in west uh, western in uh, weymouth um but then she she peels off from them and goes down and she goes to uh simon's boat immediately straight yeah straight away I've got finds a few, him. i don't know how yeah well, I, I was confused by this because I because she turns up and Simon, who's just been had the shit kicked out of him by her leading them into a trap, they're acting like they're old lovers, aren't they? And I was thinking, have I missed? So is this oh, okay? They must know each other because he's like, oh, it's you again. And it's like, why is he acting like that? Why isn't he calling the police? And how did she know he was there on his boat? And what do you think yeah, of that line when, when she won't say what her name is, where he says, with a figure like that, you don't need a yeah. name. It's like, you dirty old man. <laughs> yeah, it's very... At the time, I bet this was meant to be... He was meant to be oh, he's a James Bond-type figure, because he's an American. And um, it's just... It's so creepy. It's so... Oh, you... I'm with Ollie on this, because Ollie and the gang turn up. And uh, I like, again, very toe-cutterish. Ollie uh, mimics his accent, doesn't he? Does a, a an really outrageous like reading this. Yeah. Well, he, he's, he's brilliant. He's, he's really he's got, good. He's got strange lines and yeah. strange Again, ways of like, delivering lines, just like, like toe cutter. cutter. Yeah. yeah. This is this is like the embryonic toe cutter. No, I think Ollie Reed's great in this. I always thought Ollie Reed was a good actor until he became Ollie Reed, the chat show guest. Yeah. But when he was acting, I, he, he's really good. And he's great in this. He's, he's a real strength. Um, but yeah, he, he basically threatens Simon. And I think he's got a point. I mean, I don't don't take it that I'm sympathising with uh, King, because I think he he also wants to shag his sister, which is just, this whole film is full of weirdness like this. Um, 
but then he threatens him. But then Simon goes off in the boat, uh, gets Joni to to get jump onto the boat. And it's like, hang on, you've just kidnapped someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, yeah, that's a real yeah. Shirley Anfield. That that Did is it, Shirley yeah. Anfield doing that jump into the boat. Well, I mean, yeah. fair deuce to her. But yeah, yeah. um, it's so it's he's it's kidnapped. Just bizarre. Her. Yeah, you can see why King's not happy. You know? Yeah, you um, can see why he's not happy, and you think, oh, this isn't going to go well. Um, this is like this is up till now. This is yeah, like a British Mad Max. Except Max is a fifty-five-year-old lech, <laughs> and the the gang haven't you know they haven't got uh, Kawasaki's. They got tatty old British bikes. Do you think um, George Miller or old Hugh Keys might have seen this? Seen because this? Because yeah. there is a touch of the toe cutter. There is. Him. I I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it may be just terrible coincidence, but I wouldn't be surprised that. This this probably was a lot bigger then than it is now. It's probably better known then. And like say people, I I could imagine Hugh Keensburn being a Ollie Reed fan. You know, yeah. I, I there is definite parallels. Um, yeah. But we yeah we um we then go and this is where I started going uh oh uh, hang on what what uh, and starting coming up with theories is because we we then go to this. Uh, uh, army base, secret army base, with all these other people. They're talking about something yeah. that we don't know. Yeah. Until Bernard arrives. Yes. Uh, yeah. We're, they're talking about sort of hush hush experiments and things like that and stuff that's going on. Um, and it was uh, one of them is Neil's dad, isn't it, from the young ones? <laughs> and I just kept expecting him to come out about how Felicity Kendall is, uh, you know, is a lovely woman. <laughs> But uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, yeah. Then then, um, what's his name? Bernard, is it? Bernard. Exactly. Bernard. He arrives, and it's like, oh. And this is when I thought, okay, they're they're doing some sort of probably either mind altering or genetic experiments. This explains Ollie and his gang. Ah. Um. This explains it because the other thing. Certainly, the you know the later on when when the one of the gang gets caught and they question him and he's obviously ex-military because he would have done national service and all of this gang would have done national service so they're all acting in a vaguely militaristic way. There's one scene of them marching down the yeah. high street, um, and I thought, oh, this it's the military experiment gone wrong and that's why they're violent. And I, that's what I thought the plot was going to be. I wonder if that was deliberate. I th- I don't know. You I think pick so. Pick up on that. Yeah, I love also that, and we don't get this word a lot. They they call them beatniks. Yeah, so, that's uh, of its time, isn't it? So what did yes. you think then when Bernard starts talking via remote well, that's TV I, to yeah, the children? I, well, I then then we get some children. I thought, ah, this is the second generation. This is why Ollie and that is like it. They've been they were part of this and escaped. They were the first lot round. Ah, it all makes sense. Of course, it's not. But yeah, uh, we we get this weird thing where he's talking in a very a very sinister Mister Rogers way, try educating these young kids, and he's talking about dodgy stuff in it because they're on about uh, when will we will we get married, and it's not okay for brothers and sisters to marry. And that's when I thought, ah, Ollie and his sister. Ah, oh. that's why she's like she is. 
but nothing ever comes of that. No, we get we, we get references to oh, you'll be told when the time comes. Yeah, which and, is again and... is super creepy, isn't it? Mm. Don't don't worry, you'll be told who you're marrying when the time comes. Yeah, and don't worry, you're not you're not brothers and sisters. You're if we can quash that straight away, and it's like yeah, they are brothers and sisters. Um, oh, cat's just got down. She couldn't take talking about Ollie. Um, yeah, and so I was sort of ah, I I reckon I know what's going on here. But it's not because <laughs> no. it just keeps throwing uh, curveballs at me. Curveball next is uh, Simon and Joan have gone up to Freya's, and we got this really awkward seduction scene where um, yes. you know he he's flat out says, "Will you marry me?" and then flat out says, "I'm much older than you." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm much older. Oh, I just found got to the point in my notes about the way he's doing the class, and I've got is this some sort of mental indoctrination class, and are they breeding a new master race? That was my thoughts. I thought, oh, right. look at them, they're all they're trying to breed a, a master race, and you know these experiments where they if you take a child and isolate it and you can raise it however you want sort of thing um or as we as we call it now for america homeschooled yes uh, yeah dodgy yeah. um yeah but we we get this they 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 go off they go off and break into this cottage um that this artist leaves yeah i don't know why this artist seems to leave uh unlocked and unattended um and they uh yeah, we get this sort of romantic scene. <laughs> romantic. Yeah, where he's, he basically says, um, uh, um, it's like uh, General Melchett talking to uh, Hugh Laurie, and it? it's like, uh, um, well, am I too old, too crusty? Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, mate, you're 55. Um, yeah. And yeah, he basically proposes to her, and he's, he says, you know, come away, we'll go anywhere in the world. We go to France. Yeah. Go to France. No one could ever follow us to France. Um, they leg it, don't yeah. they? When Freya comes yes. back, they leg it. But oh, we haven't said old Marty Hopkirk, old Sid, old yeah. Kenneth has been watching them and has gone and told King where they are. So then King comes along and meets Freya. Yeah, and he and he's a bit less because um, uh, he he's definitely he thinks. She's something to do with Simon, doesn't he? Yeah. He immediately. Jo- I mean, you would. They're they're more of a similar age. Um, but yeah, she she's basically because uh, because you don't see it, but you get you get the feeling that um, that that sex has happened. <laughs> yeah. Between Simon and the twenty-year-old, possibly intellectually challenged girl yeah mm. i like the way freya calls uh king a very strange boy yeah he goes outside he's got so much rage in him all this yeah he's an angry rage. young man he's one of those angry young men isn't he yeah and he starts smashing up a sculpture and uh so they have a fight and uh Again, he's got these strange phrases um, yeah he, he tells her after it i enjoyed it my dear lady he yeah, he's he's really putting some effort in, and yeah, he's he's not talking in a normal way. Um, in, in my notes at this point, it's like um, I've actually went: are they are they breeding, or are they preparing a race for after a nuclear war? Ah. And is Ollie 
one of them. So even at this point, I thought he's he's acting so weirdly, but I like his turn of phrase. It shows he's um he's not just a thug. No, no, there's intelligence you know? there, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. 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 So we've got this whole thing where, um, you know, they've gone off to, to the base. They set the alarm off going over yep. the fence. They go down the cliff. And finally, the children find Joan and Simon. Yeah, we get we get an hilarious um, chase sequence where the guards on the, the army base chasing them. And they've they've gingerly climbed over the cliff and the guards go up to the cliff and go, well, he must have fell off. Good enough. Like, yeah. Wow. How did we win the war? We've got, I mean, we know that these children are being locked away and they're yes. all being, you know, educated by a remote. But the next clue that something's not quite right is the fact that uh, Joan and Simon realise, you know, that they are icy cold to the touch. Yeah, because they, I couldn't work out whether they jumped from the cliff or cl- climbed down the cliff. No, it's a bit jumped. confusing, isn't it? Yeah, because they, they wash up on the water and they come out and, and uh, the kids are on the beach to meet them and yeah uh Joni touches one and goes you're cold um which make you immediately i'm not in my notes i put oh are they robots um you know because again i've no i no at this point no idea what's going on and uh yeah they're cold to the touch which when we find out later on what they are i don't think they would be cold to the touch no no but the children are more likely the other way yeah well the children are 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 just as stunned that simon and joan are warm yes they've never felt a warm yeah which is weird because it makes you think you've never touched anyone which Mm. makes sense what we find out later yeah Yeah. they're they're they're, and they all want to touch uh uh joni much like simon does Yes. I mean, it must yeah. have been weird for Simon, mustn't it, that a kid wanted to touch him? <laughs> um, they also talk about the Black Death. If you're yes. not careful, the Black Death will come and take you away. Yeah, which I was very intrigued by and then disappointed when we find out what the Black Death is. But yeah, I thought, oh, this is what the Black Death is, is getting interesting now. Um, and they think, um, they think Simon's come to uh, save them. They think Simon and Joan yeah. are their parents. They're yeah, a bit are disappointed. You, yeah. are, are you our parents? Our parents yeah. You know, yeah, and they're all eleven. Um, uh, yes, um, and there's this nine is, of them, and yeah. they're all eleven. And this is a little, a bit of a weak bit, but it, uh, I can't really blame them. Uh, several of the kids are terrible. Mm. They're all, I suppose, it makes sense given who's teaching them, but they're all um, products of British stage school acting and accents they've all got received pronunciation we're 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 dashed little children you see um a couple of them are very good but a couple of them are like oh were you like the sons and daughters of the producers victoria's all right because that's victoria yeah, isn't it right, yeah and henry's yeah, the, all right yeah henry's the, the, the one lead, who rescues king yeah the lead boy the lead girl the, the, the kid is it henry the one that, that befriends king he's really good and it's quite this is quite touching not in a Simon sense. It's quite touching that that he, yeah, he befriends King, and King almost responds to him. Yeah, you get the feeling this is the first time anyone's actually shown some affection for King. Lots of layers in this film. Yeah, it's mad that so much effort and layering has been put into such a silly little film. Yeah, really. 
but the, it, it is good. I like the way that when he comes in, King, he, he's all for murdering Simon, but he's yeah. told, touch Henry's face. And I like his line, he's dead. He, yeah, he, yeah he immediately face, he goes, jumps to, he's dead. He's dead, yeah, yeah. And I love that line um, where Jones says to him, um, you're trying to stop me becoming a woman because you've never had one. Yeah, yeah. That's a it, good line. Yeah, Ollie's a virgin. <laughs> Yeah. Um, virgin. virgin, yeah, virgin. <laughs> He's a dirty virgin. Um, and it, it again, it's really good because there's definitely something up with because his his attitude is basically no man's going to touch you, Joni. Because mm. she says whoever it was, whether it was people her own age, people or not her own age, whoever he will see them off, and it, you get the feeling it's slightly more than just protective. There's, there's definitely again Ollie is very very uh, mixed up in his uh, in his viewpoint. Um, that we find out that one of Ollie's gang, I don't know his name is, uh, has been caught by the uh, the Rosers by the army, and they interrogate him. He's terrible. Uh, he yeah, it's not good, and it's such a polite interrogation. Yeah. And I love it at the end. The army guy lets him go and says, "All that boy needs is a damn good thrashing." <laughs> well, yes, I bet. <laughs> Give him to Simon. He'll be all right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very, very weird. But yeah, I was thinking, oh, they're going to let him go. They're going to follow him or something. No, no, nothing ever comes of that. Something we haven't really mentioned is uh, the direction is pretty good. You know, some of the yes, camera yeah. angles, especially that uh, that that bike chase back into town. Yeah, the camera's up high, yeah. looking down, or yeah. it's very down, very yeah, low. The, the camera work is really good. The sets are good. Yeah. They've, they've got a, a few big sets and they've spent the money on it. Um, it's a very, very visually visually pleasing film to look at. Yeah. And um, the, the, the next sequence is really good. This planning shot around the children's place. We we, we don't know yeah. who this person is who, who's looking around. No, we don't place. know. Someone, it's like, it's like almost a John Carpenter-esque steady yeah. cam go through it and i i was thinking watching it and this must have been difficult because it would have been a big old camera on a tripod yeah you know on a wheeled thing um it's interesting we go past what are quite obviously 12 hair dryers yes i don't know what that's all about yeah i, I think they're those are the teaching machines aren't they we see them later on being taught french or something under one of them By a hair dryer. it's like mm. were, they, were these like in the in the sort of early to late 60s were these like uh so new that they thought people wouldn't recognize them because they used them in the doctor who film didn't they as they did. to they make did. robo men it's like every time you see them you just go it's a hairdryer yeah yeah and we find out that's the major isn't it um yes, in the radio the major, ra yeah. radiation suit yeah um he yeah he's wandering around being generally creepy um i like it that the the kids take some meals some food to Simon and King and Joni. And uh, they look suspiciously like Rice Krispie cakes. Yeah. It's stuff they made in the lab, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. got all the mu minerals and nutrition that you need. We made it in the lab. Yeah. Um, um, and King King starts having a bit of a panic attack. Like, he's got to get out. He's got to get out. And I was thinking, what? There's more to this. But we never, again, we never find out why he's having a panic attack. Um, and also... And I, this might be why there was hair dryers. Uh, how did Joni blow dry and style her hair? Yes, yeah. While in yeah, a cave. Yeah. 
unless she used that much lacquer and that on her hair that even when after it's wet it springs back when it's dry uh, into a blow dried uh, style mm, yeah um the children I, I, I've worked out, haven't they? That there's yep. that there's ways you can get around without being seen by the cameras. Yes. And there is an escape route. Um, well, Bernard's been very weird in that he sort of he knows they've got secret places they go, and he's like, as a child, didn't you have a secret room you wanted, a secret place to be secret? Like, yeah. So he knows about it, and but he's okay with it. It's like, no, no, don't, don't follow them don't think but yeah they've they've basically worked out how to avoid the cameras and how to get out of the base uh yeah. via a rickety air shelter in my notes at this point i've actually got are they creating kids who are okay to live with radiation oh well done that's so at this point in the film this is when i went ah, is that what it is was it the moment i mean that, that the children start talking about one of them thinks that they're on a spaceship, but then yeah. one of the others says, yeah, but we found a rabbit yeah. and, and the, the rabbit grew died. sick yeah. and its hair fell out. Yeah, you know? that was the and point. And then the black yeah. death took it away. Yeah, I thought, oh, radiation, anti-radiation suit. The rabbit died, its hair fell yeah. out. Right. Are they pumping these kids full of radiation? I didn't quite get that bit, but yeah, it, it was like, oh, this is interesting. This is interesting. God knows how they're going to repopulate the earth with nine wet kids. But Yeah. I, I mean, also around this time, King has started falling ill. Simon yeah. starts falling ill. They haven't, they yeah. haven't pieced it together. No, they're, they're starting to feel ropey. Um, and this is, this to me, this is one of the highlights of the film is they don't shy away from this, you know, because the, the, they realise that there's people there, and so uh, Bernard has to basically ruin everything to get them out, isn't he? So he speaks to the kids to say, you know, tell us where they are, tell us where these people he, are. He says, them, they, you know they're warm, and nothing warm can live with you. Remember yeah. the rabbit is what Exactly, yeah, yeah. And it, I, I think it's quite nice that they don't, like I say, they don't show away. In fact, these kids are killing the three grown-ups. Um, and the, the, in the end, he has to send the Black Death down to try and get the adults out. And that's when we find out the Black Death are just the, the people in the radiation suits with uh, Sterling submachine guns. Um, well, I thought they were Sten guns. Could be Stens, could be Stens, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because King knocks out a guard and yeah. takes one. And um, yeah, yeah, and, and we have a bit of a tussle now. Yeah, yeah, we get a nice little fight scene. Um, yeah, he... he straight out shoots one of them uh during the fight um and uh simon attacks the other guy um and takes his hood off and i like that that he's like no no you're you're gonna blind me yeah, yeah. and it's like oh yeah um, yeah yeah it's re really really well done because normally at this point i mean even later than this we we had it in doc 2 last week the idea of radiation is very badly understood but this is sort of treating it yeah you're you're now contaminated sorry you're gonna die i think that's a terrific yeah. scene when um simon finds the geiger counter and it starts ticking and he tells the children yeah. take your clothes off yeah and i think it's henry takes his shirt off and he puts the the geiger counter to his chest and it goes off the scale that's when it's simon realizes brilliant. yeah they i don't are think radioactive. it's 
I don't think it's the first time Simon's said to a child to take, take their your clothes, clothes off. We, he did um, on the boat. A he did on earlier. the boat, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really good because he thinks, Simon thinks it's the clothes that are contaminated. So he's like, get, get, get your clothes off. And then it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's, the, it's the kids themselves are radioactive. Um, which is get, a very interesting idea. Um, and we, we, we find out later on that these nine kids, due to an accident, uh, are, can survive radiation. We never find out what the accident is. Their mothers were accidentally yeah. exposed to a a a unknown type of radiation, right. which has made them radioactive and you know safe from radiation. Yeah. Do you think it was um, uh, contagious radiation from Mars? <laughs> Fall back, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, Simon leads the children out. They've never been outside before, and, well, and they go. Yeah, back, well. I, I have questions about this because, because yeah, they lead the kids out, and the kids are like rubbing their eyes and doing that overacting kids way of going. Oh my god, the outside! But they've been out because well, they've been on the beach. Yeah, that's where they they're found at, the rabbit. Yeah, and yet they're acting like this. It's like, oh look, the sky. Um, I mean, it's a nice little scene. Um, Ollie goes off with the kid. Yeah. Uh, makes electric. The, the 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 army basically come in to try and round everyone up. Um, but Ollie gets away. And yeah, they basically they they capture everyone. Uh, Simon realizes, them. doesn't he, that Bernard's yeah. behind behind it all because he's just standing there staring yeah. on top of the cliff, isn't he? Yep. Yeah, he's keeping his distance for <laughs> very practical reasons. Yeah, um, and I like it that um, he says uh, he says to Simon and Joan, "Go, go off on your boat, yeah. live your life." Well, he and knows he says, their life yeah, is about an hour or something. Yeah, about an hour. Well, he sa- he says to the artist woman, doesn't he, that she goes, he goes, they're going to die on the boat. There's no yeah. risk. They're going to die within yeah within the hour on the boat, and he so- he's going. Um, Will you join us? And she's like, "No, I can't." It, it goes against completely everything. against it. She, yeah, I mean, it, it. This is this is the moral question now of Bernard: Is yeah. he a bad guy or not? Because yes. he he says to her, he, he explains to her that the the mothers of these children were exposed to a radiation, uh, an unknown radiation, and he would replicate that radiation if he could, because yes. then people could survive a nuclear explosion. Yeah, his view is that a nuclear war is inevitable. It's not yeah, just it's likely, coming. it's inevitable. At some point in the very near future, there'll be a nuclear war and mankind will be wiped out by radiation. So from his point of view, he's trying to keep the species going. If he can get more kids that can survive radiation, he's perpetuating the species. So I think he's the goal is lofty, but he's totally amoral about it. Well, Freya says, but yeah, the the nine children, yeah. those nine children are going to survive. But what world will they yeah. have? Everything's well, that, gone. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the fly in his ointment, isn't it? That yes, they will survive, but for what purpose? There's not yeah, there's nothing left for them. Nine kids are not going to repopulate the earth. They won't be able to grow crops. What are they going to eat? You know, is his idea that they'll be based in that little bunker thing and you know they'll be able to create food from chemicals and but yeah the plan is mental 
you know. But I think, I think deep down, he thinks he's being rational and lofty and idealistic. But he's not. He's just torturing kids at the end of the day. He is, yeah, and, th- and that's why you know Freya wants nothing to do with yeah. it. Meanwhile, well, Freya, yeah. she says um, they'll inherit the ashes of the universe, Uh-oh. which is a nice line, but a bit uh, over the top. It's only well, the she Earth is a sculptor. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, King, meanwhile, has got Henry in his racing car, and yeah. um, they're being chased by that helicopter. And yeah, again, not a very nicely filmed chase. It's really yeah, well done. Yeah. Um, and he's, he stops and he says, you've got yeah. to get out. Don't you know yeah. you're poison? Yeah, he, he, he's realised what's going on as well. He's worked, you know, he knows it. And yeah, he, he's like, just get out. You're poison. You're killing me. Um, and, but yeah, and then he drives off for a bit and then he stops again. And I love it. He tries to hold them all off with a tire iron. <laughs> it's, it's like very funny. Um, and then he uh, gets back in the car, and then a, quite a spectacular crash for a British film. Yeah. Uh, it, the, the car goes off the bridge. And that's the end of King. Yeah, King King's dead. And then uh, Bernard is with the artists and shoots her. Yeah. And he's like, oh, bloody hell. And then we get this sort of a weird overhead shot where it's quite obvious that the um, Simon and Joni have died and the boat's heading towards the cliff. Yeah. And it gets uh, and, with the children it, calling out, help us. Yeah. It's, 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 it's such a weird little film, but it stays with you. Yeah. It really I'm, does I'm make so you I'm so glad think, you didn't yeah. know anything about it because, oh, you know, God, yeah. it, again, you're, you're, you're replicating the audience of 1961, you know, because yeah. they, they wouldn't know. If any of our listeners haven't watched it, uh, I probably should have said it at the beginning. We just go and watch it first. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll put that on yeah, the, that on, the on, on the head a bit. All right. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I, I my emotions were mixed on it because like I say to start with, I thought this is low level rubbish. What the hell is this? When I thought it was a, a teenagers on the loose type film, and then it went into this weird subplot of this old fella wanting to bang a 20-year-old. And it's like, what's going on here? And then you had the weirdness of, of Ollie and his sister. So, I don't This is weird. It's interesting, but it's weird. And then it goes off into the sci-fi bit. And it's like, okay. And then it goes off into philosophy. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, and it's just amazing. I don't know why this isn't better known. Mm. Why isn't this up there with the other hammers? I don't know. I don't know. It's just do people see it and go oh, Ollie Reed and think of Ollie maybe. Reed the drunk? Yeah, maybe. But he's great in it. Like he is a prototype toker. He's he's oh, a he's really the best strong thing in it. Yeah, the best thing in it. I'd I'd go along with it. Si- Simon's a bit. Simon should have been twenty years younger and not a retired person. He should have been. He should have been the young lead. He should have been the king's age. Yeah, mummy, mummy and daddy are rich. So I don't work, and that's why I've got a boat, and that's why King resents him. That would have worked so much better, but weirdly, that you've got this old American fella, and it's just so creepy. Um, Joan is very good. She's really good in it. Um, Like I say, a couple of the kids are good. Uh, The the artist woman's really good. But yeah, it's just a a very, very... It's nice to be surprised by a Hammer film. My job is done. 
Yes, well done on it. Well done. Okay, yeah. right. So behind the scenes. <coughs> yeah. All right. So we're, we're, we'll talk about that now. So yeah, the director Joseph Losey um, is the director. He was living in England because um, the the uh, witch hunts, the communist uh, witch hunts, yeah. had started in America, and he was told he had to go and testify. Uh, before the House Committee of Un-American Activities. Um, but knowing full well how that would go, he chose to leave the country, yeah. came to England, started directing over here. Um, Hammer already knew him. He directed that A Man on the Beach, the, the short, the Jimmy Sangster right. short, A Man on the Beach. And he was going to uh, do X the Unknown. He was due to direct right. X the Unknown, but he had a falling out with either Hammer or Jimmy Sangster or both. Um but no, I mean, The Damned is actually based on a, a novel called The Children of Light by H.L. Lawrence. And Tony Hines had read it and he was keen for Joseph to direct it. So Joseph reads the book. Um, he liked how it had an apocalyptic theme and an anti-nuclear war message. He thought he could work that well into a film. Yep. So he and Tony worked on a script, uh, but Joseph wasn't happy. He, he seems to know his own mind, did old Joseph. Um, so he roped in a fellow blacklister called Ben Barsman to do a draft. And in the original novel, it wasn't Simon Wells, it was Simon Largwell. And the reason he is, well, he, do, he doesn't go to um, Weymouth, he goes to Portland Bill. Um, and he flees from the scene of his wife's accidental death All right. in the novel, uh, steals a friend's Bentley to travel to Portland where his yacht is moored. And then, yeah, he has a run-in with the local Teddy Boys and stumbles on Bernard's base, right? Um, now, it's Joseph who chose the actors playing Bernard, Simon, Sid and Freya, but he was told he had to have Oliver Reed right. and Shirley Anfield. That was Hammer insisting that they have them. Um, now, he was a perfectionist, and yeah, which meant he started butting heads with the studios. He, it also caused problems. He insisted on the two helicopters that were uh, that were used for the car chase at the end, which spiraled, you yeah, know, the, the, budget the budget out yeah. of control. I mean, Hammer always came in on budget or under. No, not this time. Um, he walked out towards the end of production. Um, he was ordered to film an extra scene that clarified uh, King's relationship with his sister because Columbia were worried about that. Yeah. All these looks they kept giving each other, you know. Um, he also wanted, at the end, he wanted Freya to be killed by a sniper in that helicopter, all right? Right. Uh, with the implication that the government sanctioned her murder, but Columbia said, no, it's got to be Bernard. Uh, you've got to take the heat off the authorities. We can't have any inference <laughs> that the authorities sanction murder. But Tony Hines decided to shoot both scenes, because right. he thought the Americans might object to the villain getting away with it. Yeah. Um, but in the end, only Bernard shooting, that's the only one that was ever used. All right. Um, the sculptures are all real that you see Freya sculpting uh, by uh, a British artist called Elizabeth Frink. Um, she not only lent them the sculptures, but she was on there on set and she was, um, you know, uh, teaching the actress how to uh, sculpt properly, you know. Right how to build up plaster and stuff like that, okay? Um, and then the, the uh, what you just said there, the, the crash, all right? The king's crash at the end, all right? Get this, Ian, I think, I think you're going to like this. This is from that book, Hammer Films A Life In Pictures, 
okay, it says, the daring stunt was performed by stuntman Jackie Cooper, and it almost cost him his life. The car belonged to Roy Ashton's assistant, Colin Gard, who, banned from driving, sold it to Hammer for the stunt. Cooper weighed down the boot with a sack of sand and removed the passenger seat so that he could duck down in case the windscreen of the open-top car shattered when it hit the water. The iron rails on the bridge were replaced with wooden ones and Cooper drove the car off the bridge without any restraints so that he would be free once he hit the water. Three cameras were positioned to capture the action and divers were ready in case of emergency. However, once the car hit the bottom, it toppled over onto its head. Okay. Luckily, the windscreen held, so Cooper just had enough crawl space to escape, only then to find his foot being sucked into the sand below by the weighted boot. Cooper eventually resurfaced and was helped by the divers to a nearby jetty and pulled to safety. He was taken to hospital, but survived the day with only a couple of stitches where his head had struck the windscreen. And I like this last bit. The car was later pulled out and sold to a hammer electrician for £20. He had it drained out and cleaned up, and it was back on the road in three days. Yeah, I like it. I <laughs> you like wouldn't it. get that with a car now, would you? No, definitely not. Yeah. That would have been and, crushed uh, by hitting the water. Yeah. This book is full of really interesting behind-the-scenes photos. I'll, I'll, I'll put some from Facebook, including the rescue attempts of the stuntman, and you can see him being led away with a towel around his uh, wow. neck, you know? So, yeah. All right. So that, that was me behind the scenes. Um, now, I think we've got to... We'll vote on King today because he is a bad guy, isn't he? Yeah, um, yeah but I, definitely. I, I, not, think, I, I think we've got to... Yeah, but we've got to vote on Bernard as well. I mean, he does shoot a sculptor yeah. who, who was his lover. But also, I don't want to focus on Oliver Reed and talk about Oliver Reed yet. We'll wait for Curse of the Werewolf for that one. Okay. So, so Bernard then, a Bernard played by Alexander Knox, who, who was Canadian, born in 1907. He's only got a hammer time of one, which was this. Um, okay. But other things of note that he was in, he was in Reach for the Sky, uh, The Vikings, uh, The Longest Day, Modesty Blaze, You Only Live Twice. And the last, get this, the last thing he ever did was an episode of Lovejoy. Really? Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> wow. what a way to go out. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so um, design then. We've got Bernard and we've got King. Can we do Bernard first? Because Bernard I first. Think... Yeah, design-wise, there's not a lot to say on him, is it? He's a man in a suit. He is. Yeah. So what, what do you give a man in a suit? Because uh, it literally is just a man in a suit. I mean, I, for all I know, that's the actor turned up on the set wearing that. Um three i can't it's yeah. not really designed is it i put a three yeah. and uh, how effective is bernard um he's a little bit underplayed i think i know they, they obviously weren't they didn't probably didn't want to have a a mustache twirling villain because again i imagine given given this is probably a snub to mccarthyism and government interference mm -hmm. and things like that I imagine that the director wanted him to be faceless and it's just the government doing it sort of thing. Um, but he's a good enough thing. And it is a shock at the end when he kills Freya. I was like, ooh, that, that was strong for this era. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a six for effectiveness. Okay. I was going to give him a five. But yeah, it, it is a shock. And I like the way when you first see him in that you know hotel terrace, 
you have no idea that he is behind no. what we're going to be seeing. Not at all. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a really well played film for if you view it. If like I say, if you haven't seen it before and you view it as a mystery, it's really well played like that. Mm. It's not obvious. No, no. And there are red herrings. I mean, you were yeah. fooled a couple oh, of times as well, yeah. weren't you? It's loads. Of them. All right, so that's four and a half final for for old Bernard. All right, and then uh, King, then the design of Oliver yeah. Reed. I, we haven't I like really it. mentioned yeah. his uh, uh, knife in his in in the uh, umbrella handle. No, he's 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 not. He doesn't look like any of the rest of the gang. They're all wearing black leather to match their theme song. Um, he's in a suit, quite a natty suit. He looks well dressed. You wouldn't think twice seeing him on the high street but yeah he carries this um this filled umbrella and it's uh it, it's a sort of steed sword umbrella isn't it a little knife comes out of it it's really good and it sort of suits his it's a metaphor for his personality and it? it doesn't look anything but vicious inside yeah very um, good. so yeah design wise i'm, I'm going to give him a seven that's what i've got yep okay and now how effective is he um it, like, it, you're right, he's the strongest thing in the film. It's a great performance. I love all his weird line delivery. Whether that was in conjunction with the director and part of the thing, or whether it was just Ollie being Ollie, <laughs> who knows? But yeah, it's very reminiscent of Toe Cutter. Um, if you were speaking to this guy, after a few lines, you'd think, yeah, I'm going to go away now. He's not <laughs> right. Back slowly um, away. Yeah, and I love, the, I say, I love the fact that he 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 doesn't know what to do with the affection this kid shows him no because he's never had it he doesn't know how to handle the fact that he obviously has feelings for his sister and he can only equate them to sexual feelings it's it's such a a very layered performance um uh, i'm going to give him a 9 i loved it i thought it was snap. great snap again yeah 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 yep for everything you've just said yeah all right, that, that gives him a final tally of an eight. Yeah. Okay, which for, you, you know, just a, a contemporary Hammer film with a science yeah. fiction twist is pretty high. It is, yeah. He's, he's, he's scarier than a lot of the Hammer creatures mm. because it's realistic, isn't it? It's, yep. yeah, it's, it's very good performance. Okay, so both of our... Uh, uh, characters today are living alone for the moment right. in good caravans job. good job yeah bernard's in 4.5 the nearest person to him um in 4.25 is the creature from revenge of frankenstein right all right and then at number eight old king's by himself and the nearest person he's got living near him at 8.25 so just a little bit up the caravan park is clove from dracula oh, right. of darkness all right I wonder how long it's going to be men. before. Yeah, how long is it going to be before you know King gets a a, a female in his caravan? Yeah. Well, it won't be Joni, will it? No, no, it won't be. Yeah, he he need, he'll need someone to 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 talk to him. I think. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, we we have a time and a place. So yeah, I, I, I guess we call it 1960 Weymouth. Um, the nearest thing to that already on our list is somewhere in the 1950s, we've got London for the Quatermass experiment. Yeah. All right. And then the last thing we got to do today is uh, put it on our top tens. Yeah. So, because now Stranglers on Bombay are 
both are number 10. Yeah. Goodbye, Stranglers of Bombay, because wherever you put this, you lose it's, Stranglers yeah. of Bombay. So yeah. shall I go from from there upwards? Upwards, yes. All right. So uh, Stranglers of Bombay, gone. Uh, next, Revenge of Frankenstein. Yep, I enjoyed it more than that. Uh, Fear in the Night. Yeah, I think I enjoyed it more than that. The Hound of the Baskervilles. What's after Hound? Lust for a Vampire. What's after Lust? Dracula, Prince of Darkness. Okay. See, I'm, I'm thinking I might have, yeah. I might have had Hound and Lust back to front. I did enjoy Lust, but I think I enjoyed this. You did enjoy Lust. I did enjoy a bit of Lust. Um, This one made me think more. I'm going to put it above Lust, but below Prince of Darkness. All right. So that's your number six. All right. And it's my number seven, because I've got it just below Lust for a Vampire. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, there we go. Yeah, no, and thank you for that. I would never in a million years of I didn't even know it existed, but had I wouldn't I wouldn't have been going through a list of hammers going, What shall I get and watch? Oh yeah, this one. You know um, you saying about oh why don't doesn't anybody talk about it? Yeah, um, et cetera, et cetera. I think it is being acknowledged more and more because you Good. know, I that that, that region one D V D that I sent you, I've had for a long time, and there's barely anything on it. The Blu-ray that I got from Indicator um, is packed full of retrospectives and behind the scenes and stuff like that. So I think it has been acknowledged that it is an important film in, you know, Hammer's history, you know? Yeah, but you just don't, I don't ever remember reading about it in any of Dennis Gifford's stuff or... You'd never see it in House of Hammer magazine. No, no. Um... Yeah, it's very, very strange. It's really nice to have a totally unknown Hammer film that was so enjoyable. Well, that's a high place in six and yeah. seven on our top tens, yeah. you know. All right, so uh, that's us done. Um, over to you. You've got to choose our yeah. subject. Well, I mean, is it, our next one is also uh, has a four-star American star. You've already mentioned it. Um, already in the unknown, it is, yes, yeah. Dean Jagger, yeah, will he, will he be better? Because this is basically a Quatermass film, it was gonna be a Quatermass film. So, will we prefer him to uh, to the Quatermass? You actors? can't talk about that film without comparing it to you can't, no, the Quatermass uh, films, yeah. Any review, any retrospective, any discussion of X the Unknown has to mention Quatermass because it did start life as a Quatermass film, as a script. Yes. Um, but yeah, this this is one that I remember getting on via. I knew nothing about it. Got on VHS, uh, a cardboard sleeve VHS from a little old rental shop, uh, and it was in their power to buy for like a quid each. And I bought it, watched it, and it was like, ooh, this is good. Yeah, it's um, pushing all the buttons for you. That it did really you know is. when you bought it that it was like meant to have been a quite nope. mass before? Knew, noth- knew nothing about it. Other than I think I'd seen that standard photo of the 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 X-shaped crack in the ground with the soldier right. with the Geiger counter or minesweeper stood above it that was again was in all the Dennis Giffords and the Hammer books. Other mm-hmm. than that, I knew nothing about it. Um, so watched it sort of blind, and yeah, again another one that's in glorious black and white. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But yeah, have you got okay. it? No. 
Oh right! Oh wow! I haven't. I, I thought you was about it. I no, I I haven't upright. I, I used to have it on on video, but yeah. um, I have I have never got it on DVD. I watched it not too long ago. It was on Talking Pictures. Um, right. You know, sometimes the autumn of last year, and it's like, oh, one day I'm going to have to buy that because we're going to talk <laughs> about it. So so again, it's another excuse to upgrade on Blu-ray. Yeah. I mean, presumably it is on Blu-ray. So. Uh, I think it's available. On, I think I got it on Blu-ray. I don't know. I can't remember. I've, I've definitely got it on DVD. But I think I had it on Blu-ray. I think it's, yeah. yeah. I'll have to have a look. But okay, yeah. It uh, if not, it's worth adding. To your oh, life, absolutely. And I've got two weeks to 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 yes buy it and research it and watch it and everything. All right. Yes. Good all stuff. right. Okay. All right. Well. Uh, all right. Well, two weeks time then. Two weeks time. X, X yeah. the unknown. Oh, I, I I just remember that just looking freezing cold. That yes. <laughs> Everyone looks. Cold in that in muddy, muddy quarry. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> Definitely. Mm. All right, folks. Well, yeah, join us for then for that. Nice one. Thanks, then. Right. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.